how many times do men let poor behavior just slide by? Especially if you see like a manager um, treating a woman poorly. Do you ever stand up for that woman and say, hey, that's not cool? Um, or you just turn your head and say, I didn't see anything. You know, that is, that's perpetuating the problem. We need to be allies for the women, not because they need it, but we're just going to do this better as a group. We're going to do it, you know, quicker, quite honestly. Uh, and, and I think we really need to do this because we need the women at the table. Welcome to the Forging Metal Podcast with your blacksmiths, Tara O'Brien and Ron Duran Jr. Come inside and grab your hammer. The fire is hot and ready. It's time to harden up. Let's get to work. The forge is now open. Great to have you back. Welcome to another episode of The Forge. We are now, gosh, we're almost nearing number 50. We are at podcast number 49 and going to hit another reflections with you this week. There's, there, it seems like there's quite a few topics that are coming up in the lives of both Ron and myself that uh, might be kind of helpful, not only to us as we talk about it, right? Because we learn from our own podcasts for sure, but also to a lot of our listeners. So we've got a couple of different topics to talk about today. And I want to thank you for tuning in. Ron, I, I, I ask you, there's like a lot of stuff going on in your life right now. What's, what's new? Seems like a theme, right? A lot of things going on in Ron's life. Uh, before I get to that, let's, you know, Tara says we're coming up on episode 50. So this will be, by the time this one airs, it'll be 49 and then 50, obviously, coming up next. And that's kind of a, I don't know, a milestone. Also, on October 21st, that will be one year since Forging Metal started. Ooh. So we're not only coming up on episode 50, but also our one-year anniversary. So, uh, you know, in the podcast world, that's that's kind of a big deal uh, to get through one year and 50 episodes. So uh, I know that Tara and I are, are both excited about that. So... Uh, thanks for following along. We we appreciate all of our listeners and uh, all of you make this uh, make this a lot of fun for us. So uh, what's going on in my world? Uh, you know, if you go back to what podcast, I think it was 45, I talked about what it was like to be a digital nomad. And so I spent the summer uh, traveling around, uh, staying at Airbnbs, uh, just to give you a high level, uh, and not having a home. And so I come back to Denver. I think I came back uh, right around August 20th. And I was thinking I was going to get right into an apartment. I mean, how hard is it to get into an apartment, right? That's well, was, let, me, let me back that's what up I was and, thinking. and say you, you packed up your entire life, threw it all into storage, right? Stored your motorcycle in my garage <laughs> and took off and stayed all over, I don't remember how many states, so you're coming back to basically restart your life after your walkabout. Yeah, but it didn't really, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a flip a switch and I'm back. Uh, so I came back and the apartment that I wanted was brand new construction. And so it was it was way behind schedule. It was supposed to be done in the spring. So I thought it'd be easy, easy to get in. And it wasn't. And so I've been waiting, and I and I had I had opportunities to take the easy path. Uh, there was other there was you know, choice number two with my apartments. I uh, was available immediately, and I'll tell you it was very hard not to say yeah. I want to be done with living out of a duffel bag, with the same clothes, 
Right. I mean, I've been wearing the same clothes for almost four months now. So I went through five weeks of, you know, after I came back from Denver, I just got into my apartment Friday. Um, And so I am going through, you know, in previous podcasts, I've talked about this idea that our capacity for savoring increases when we live through adversity, right? When we experience adversity, our capacity for savoring goes up. And I am savoring like a son of a gun right now. I, I got my fancy coffee machine. I finally made a nice cup of coffee that I, you know, I've been drinking cheap hotel coffee for, I don't know, four months. So that was nice. Sleeping in my own bed, a washer and dryer to call my own. Oh, kind of crazy to think yeah, that. That's a but good one. You're always looking for, okay, where can I, where can I wash my clothes? And so these are the things that maybe you don't think about. And then just the certainty of, you know, I was basically going week to week of where am I staying this week? Where am I staying next week? And so that was always a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and so now I have certainty. So right now I'm just kind of in this little bliss mode of, wow, this is awesome. Do not, it does not take anything away from my four month odyssey. Uh, I loved it. Wouldn't trade it for the world, but I'm also going to say, I'm so happy to be, uh, back in an apartment and, uh, I don't know, living maybe a normal life again. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's what's going on with me. And I would, I'm going to toss the ball right back to you, Tara. What's, what's new with you? What do you got going on? How are you, uh, you know, I always like to ask my students, how are you taking care of your mental health? What would mm. be your answer to that? It's a good one. Uh, it's starting to come up to, I think, uh, people are, are wanting to know about mental health going into the colder season, right? So if you're listening in a um, American state, we're getting ready to go into the winter time, I can tell with the amount of yard work that I have to do and leaves I have to clean up in my backyard right now. <laughs> and, uh, and I had, uh, someone that I coach ask me last week, you know, I'm worried about the winter. I'm worried about, uh, potential going back into quarantine. Is that, what do you think? What, how do I deal with mental health? How do we deal with going back into something that really sucked that we've already been through? So we know how bad it felt. And I decided to take that and um, make it an assignment for the, the juniors and seniors in college that I teach and have them write in their journals about making a plan, right? Being prepared. When we know that adversity is on the horizon, the more prepared we are, whatever that means, uh, the easier it is to deal with it when it hits. And if it never hits, great. Well, we just have a plan and in the, you know, hanging out in the background that we don't have to use. But I find and call it training from the military, call it training from my childhood. I don't know. But I feel like having a plan makes me feel a lot less anxious going in. So I had my college students literally write several pages of what are you going to do to help yourself through the winter months, which typically are right a little more depressing, um, and uh, and have you indoors a lot more? And what are you going to do if we go into quarantine and you have to be ripped from your classrooms that they're so excited to be in right now, and you have to go back to pajamas in bed and studying from your home, right, that with all your roommates good. in your frat house. <laughs> and I could just see their little hearts drop when I gave them this assignment because they were like, don't tell us that it's going to be bad. And the thing is, I really try to emphasize, don't look at it like it's bad. Look at it like it's an obstacle that you're going to turn into 
an opportunity to be prepared for. And what's new in my life, Ron? Well, it's amazing when you give an assignment to other people to work on. <laughs> You realize, ah, shit, I don't have one. For yeah, what myself. are you doing, Tara? <laughs> and I'm you, like, you talk oh, a good wow. story. I know, right? It's it's the way of university teaching, isn't it? We talk good story. Same um, with coaching. Same we with coach coaching. We coach well. We we don't follow our own advice Man. very often. So I I was like, no. I sat down over the weekend and I I put my plan together because I wanted to see how hard that exercise is, and it is hard, I think, because you have to face the stuff that you rather block, right? Um, you know, what, what did I do last year when we went into quarantine? Uh, what did I, how did I handle being at home in the wintertime? So you have to kind of face the hard stuff, but then I, I feel so much lighter today uh, having that plan. And my plan is I've been, when it comes to mental health, my mental health um, pill if you, if I, if I can say that has been hiking this summer, I, I love hiking my whole life. Um, but this summer it's been really awesome for me. And so I said, my winter plan is I'm going to buy some, some heavier winter gear and I'm going to do some mountaineering like I used to do. Um, I haven't done that in like 20 years. And that's how, that's my mental health release this winter is finding that thing that just makes us feel so good when we do it. And I don't mean booze. <laughs> hey, that makes me feel good. Right? Some good scotch. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's that thing, whether it's practicing a new instrument or it's, you know, Ron's writing his book right now, whatever that thing is that's positive and healthy that just makes us feel a few minutes or an hour or two of good in the day, I think is a great plan going into winter and potentially quarantine mm, fascinating stuff because I, I think last winter was my maybe my lowest point yeah getting through the winter and, and it goes right along with what you're saying because you know when it's 10 degrees and snowing out you're going uh, yeah I don't want to go outside in this and you know I think I, my advice is to force yourself when I would force myself even in inclement weather to get out of my apartment I felt so much better. And I think being locked in your indoors is just not a good thing. So go for a hike, go for a walk, uh, get, do something. And then I would also add to this, you know, one of the things when you're doing business coaching is, you know, talking about a business plan. Do you have a business plan? And even if that, that plan gets destroyed as soon as it, you know, has contact with reality, it's still a good process because number one, it's going to be a de-stressor. When we do a plan, we feel we feel lighter. We feel like some of the stress, some of the uncertainty has been removed. Um, and so I think that's important. And then, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe we, we don't call this a business plan. We're going to call this a battle plan. What's your battle plan for winter? Ooh, I like that. That's, that's yeah, what yeah. I would say. Um, winter is coming. What yeah, is your battle plan? I like you're, that. You're going to, uh, whether we go back into lockdown or not, uh, I think you should prepare your mind for that. I agree with Tara. Um but even if we don't, that'd be a pleasant surprise if we don't. Uh, but just be ready. What, what's it? Don't let that, I don't know, that storm capsize your boat. Mm. Uh, that'd be the best way I'd, I'd put it is be ready for the storm that may be coming. If it doesn't come, that's great. But if it does, you're ready for it. Or I even go the step further and say, uh, yeah, do everything to not capsize your boat. But do you have a plan for if the boat does capsize? Like training sets us up for not f 
falling down hard when we do fall down. And so um, uh, you know that I love having a plan for everything, but know that there's got to be some wiggle room, some areas that will pivot. You will fail throughout the process of that plan. That's totally cool. The boat might capsize. And then what? How do you get it turned back over? You just got to be agile. You got to be really agile and flexible through um, the ups and downs of living out that plan. Sounds like we hear echoes of military training there. Preparation, Sorry, preparation, preparation, right? Uh, and yeah, oh, the military, it's... all first responders do a lot of, of training so that they can deal with the crisis situation better than the average person. Um, so you want to perform well under, uh, under pressure, you got to prepare, prepare, prepare. So I do not have a military background, but uh, that's I preach that a lot to people when I'm coaching them on how to prepare or how to um, perform under pressure. So good stuff. And so, you know, what's going on with Foraging Metal? We're, we're pretty excited. Uh, I, for those of you that don't know, Denver Startup Week is the, the week of October 4th through the 8th. It's the largest free entrepreneurial event in the world. So it's a pretty big deal. And basically... Well, I don't know about in the world. I mean, that's I, what it, they I, claim. That's okay. what they claim on the website. I would say definitely for Colorado. But, and I have been to Denver Startup Week for several years running. And you, you would it know this big. because this is, this is your, your sandbox, entrepreneur. It is, yeah. it is big. And it, it is, even though it's coined the largest entrepreneurial event, um, do not think it's only for entrepreneurs. This is like for parents. This is for people that are considering starting a company or a small business. Or this is for leaders that are in big corporations or just employees in corporations. Um, this is literally for everybody. They just call it the entrepreneurs event. Yeah. So, so what is it? It's, it's a lot of, boy, a whole collection of people coming in and, and talking about, you know, things that they're knowledgeable about. I mean, there's a lot of free, it's all free. Let me be very clear about this and you don't have to pay any money to do this. So all you got to do is sign up, but any, just pretty much any topic you can think of. I, I don't know, Tara, there's probably got to be hundreds of presenters, right? Hundreds and fireside chats and happy hour get-togethers and, and panel yeah. discussions and everything from um, the some of the topics that we want to talk about here today, uh, marketing, how to um, ideate when it comes to building a new company or building a new product or building a new team, teamwork failed teams, leadership, um, how to create your vision, mission, and values, not only for your job or your team, but also at home in your life, work-life balance, COVID, uh, how to deal with remote work and motivating remote employees, how to build a product, tech stuff, right? It's like everything. Wow. I can't believe you just rattled all that off yeah, just I off know. the top it's, of your head. Just off the top of my head. So, you know, th there you go. There's a little bit of a snapshot of what Denver Startup Week is. Uh, and we uh, submitted seven proposals. We had and, a lot to talk about if you uh, can, didn't uh, already know us. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of funny because both Tara and I go, huh, we, we're not real convinced on how they choose there. Uh, no, we got three. That's a, that's well, a big deal. We, we, we got, got three, for three. But but here's the thing: is it's supposed to be on you know whoever got to get the most votes because they basically open it up to 
the public and, and people vote on what they would like to hear. And I don't know. We, we think, and we could be wrong, but we think there might be a little bit of political shenanigans going on in the background. But <laughs> that's, just, that's just our opinion. We have no proof on that. But we are thrilled that we got three out of seven. I, I, I'd say that's pretty good because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very honest. I submitted last year and got zero. I don't know how many I re- – I did two or three last year, and I got none. Um, and so, I don't know, we were, we were happy to get three. Yep, the dynamic duo is bringing in uh, two workshops that are so, so excited about, one of which we did a heavy podcast on and one we have not yet done a podcast on, um, and we'll talk about those. But the, the one that I'm super stoked about is the panel that we will be co-moderating. So, uh, you know, Ron and I love doing the male-female dynamic, not only on this podcast, but in all of the coaching we do, all of the uh, lectures, workshops, trainings, keynotes that we do. But also we think it's going to be awesome in this panel coming up on women in leadership. And we are literally so grateful for the people that we got on this panel, all of which we've had the amazing opportunity to talk to on this podcast over the last 50 episodes. And what a collection it is. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the topic, but I'm also quite thrilled with uh, really what I would call an all-star cast. Um, Shannon Huffman Pulseman, uh, she was in episode four, Apache uh, uh, pilot. Janelle McCauley, uh, episode eight, she was a Air Force C-130 pilot. Amy McGrath, episode 43, she was a fighter pilot flying F-18s. And then Kim Campbell, our most recent one, uh, episode 47, and she was the A-10 pilot. As you can see, uh, Ron has a little bit of a fingerprint on this they're all aviators um but uh, here's the thing i, I want well, I they're want... all aviators they're also all military highly decorated women absolutely and there's a reason that we brought in to talk about women in leadership for highly decorated uh military veterans which we'll get into yeah so so i think there's there's two layers to this number one They've successfully navigated a career in a very male-dominated, um, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, company, service, uh, whatever you want to call organization, it. But organization, organization, so, small, so, small, like, ecosystem world. Yeah, so they got that layer, uh, which is not an easy task all by itself. But then, uh, you know, if you're not familiar, aviation, combat aviation is is another step above that. Um, not to say that, you know, they're anything special, but, but it is a little bit of an elite group. And so not only have they done in this in the military, but they've also done this in military aviation, which I think is a next step up. And they, I think uh, Tara would agree that they all have a great message. Uh, you know from our podcast, they, I think they approach it the right way. And, and it might be a little bit different than a lot of women in the civilian world are approaching this idea of women in leadership. So we think there's gonna, this is going to be a great, I'm so excited to see what comes out of this. Cause you just never know how this is going to turn out. But I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I am very excited for it. As we've heard all three or all four of them speak on this topic before in our podcasts, Uh, This is what kind of got us super excited about doing a panel like this. And I'll tell you, I've gone to, I'm I'm huge with women women in leadership, but also anyone in leadership. Um, 
and I have mostly worked with men when it comes to men in leadership, which I love. But I will say in the last 10 years, I have spent a lot of time going to groups, networking groups, panel discussions, workshops, keynote lectures, both in the Bay Area of San Francisco where I used to live and also here in Colorado on this topic. And 99.9% .9 of the time I have left absolutely in pain, physical pain, mental anguish, anger, frustration, and sometimes I've just gotten up and walked right out in the middle of it because I'm just a little disappointed, if I can just be honest and say this. Um, I'm just disappointed with the stance that we're taking and that women and men are taking to change this concept, to make more equality in the workplace, to help women rise. I just think we've been going about it the wrong way. I don't think the message of women, we need to rally together and push our way forward over and trample over men, which is a common theme, is even remotely the right discussion. And these four women are bringing what we think is the valuable right discussion, where men and women join forces to do what is necessary to change this narrative. Super excited. But who started all this? The one woman who can't be on our panel. <laughs> one of our biggest supporters, uh, Sandra Stowes, uh, she was, what was she, episode 23. And uh, she kind of kicked off this idea. The, the title of this is Women in Leadership, Do We Need a Level Playing Field? In her book, she talks about this idea of, uh, she has a maybe a little controversial stance and says, why are we trying, I mean, Maybe we need to give up this idea of, of saying we need a level playing field. And she's got some interesting ideas around that. And it really caught both Tara and I, uh, caught our attention when she said this. And that, again, was the inspiration for this title. I want to uh, play just a little snippet back um, from that podcast where you asked her the most amazing question that led to this whole panel exploding. And I'll just give you a little sneak peek about what we're talking about, the right message and the right movement that needs to happen the only woman in that group including those on the video <laughs> and there were times when nobody was gonna s take a break and turn to me because I was a woman and say oh Sandy what do you think and a lot of times people nowadays are like well no one asked me what I thought and they're they're like no one cares about me it's a hostile environment because we women can't fit in I'm like well what did you do to reach your hand out to be heard and so you have to step forward and, and place your comments, make your comments instead of sitting there waiting for someone to invite you in. Yeah, sure, it's great if you're in a place uh, where somebody's inviting you to the table and making you feel welcome, but that's not really how it works in real life all the time. You've got to actually work your way in and find the right place where your comment matters and um, learn to speak for yourself. You can't always rely on somebody else to give you the chance to speak up for you. And too many women nowadays are being told that if you're not succeeding, it's because your workplace or your supervisor must be not the best. And they're not being told the other thing, which is take control of your own fate and own your own outcomes. And I say demonstrate fortitude over fragility. <laughs> Gosh, I appreciate that. Let, let's, let's stay with this because... 
many of the things you've talked about, whether it was the captain that was riding you or, or some of the, the obstacles you faced, somebody might interpret that as not being fair. And you were very kind to share an advanced copy of your book. And I highlighted part of that. And you said the playing field will never be level. And so this idea of it's not a level playing field, it's not fair. How do you use that as maybe fuel for yourself? I had to own up and face up to the fact that playing field was never going to be level early in my life. But I really found out pretty quickly that by hard work, I could do better than the people who are more naturally gifted. So yeah, hard work and perseverance levels the playing field of life. Everywhere I go, that's my mantra for success is hard work and perseverance. And if you're looking for someone else to even out all those humps and bumps, you're just going to end up with no character because the, the humps and bumps on the playing field of life are what give us the character that we need when we're going to go into a tough situation to go into those uncharted waters that I talk about you have to lead in. So it's um, great that we have safe spaces and, and, and snowflakes and fragility and all that. But I honestly don't agree with it with that because you're taking away opportunities for people to engage with each other, to hear things they might not agree with and to search for the meaning and the truth and, and something and to resolve conflicts face to face instead of running to somebody else to, to shut you down or cancel your thoughts or whatever. People should be able to respectfully engage in discourse that helps to on each side to understand and that goes to that playing field understanding each other and so i'm out there on the playing field of life and i'm working hard and persevering but am i just looking at myself no i'm turning around and i'm reaching out my hand to try to help the teammate who's behind me and pull that person forward right and and so and the guy ahead of me is reaching the hand back to help me come along it's not like it's every man or woman for themselves and once again going back to a leader of character they're not self-centered they're externally focused on the well-being of others around them they're going to be respectful they're going to want to hear the other opinion even if it's really contrary to their own beliefs they're not going to shut that person down and i think that this is missing in our society that we want the the level playing field we want the safety of not being able to have to hear anything we don't agree with and um, it's not going to work in the real world there's going to be things we can't control that happen on the spot that we have to be ready to tackle and handle in a crisis situation and crises aren't going to go away <laughs> just because we've become softer <laughs> it's just going to be harder for us to manage them and i think we have to keep on instilling fortitude in our people that we teach that's the best way you can level the playing field it's funny oh my gosh that just gives me chills listening to her and i'm so glad that we had the honor of listening to that uh kind of monologue to inspire what we're going to do on October 5th. So if that is something that sounds of interest to you, um, go to denverstartupweek.org 
We'll put that in the show notes um, and register for our October 5th, Women in Leadership, Do We Need a Level Playing Field? Register for a lot of other stuff that's on going on throughout that week, too, because like we said before, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And Ron, I'd, I'd ask you, why should men, do you think, why should men attend this event? It's, it's, I, I think this or why is might a, they not? Well, uh, you know, I looked at the people that are signed up and, you know, just a quick glance and I, I would say 80 or 90% of them are, are women. And so where are the men? Why are they not signing up? Uh, I think, you know, it's easy for men, especially a, a white male like myself to say, you know what? That's not my problem. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Women are struggling. Um, that's not They'll figure it uh, out themselves. Yeah. They, they, yeah that's yeah. their problem, not mine. Uh, but it, it, it is our problem. Men, uh, I'm talking to you. You know, all of us have sisters, mothers, daughters, significant others out there. And would it be okay if they were going through what some of our sisters are going through? And I'm going to put sisters in quote because they're all our sisters out there. And how many times do men let poor behavior just slide by? Especially if you see like a manager um, treating a woman poorly. Do you ever stand up for that woman and say, hey, that's not cool? Um, or you just turn your head and say, I didn't see anything. You know, that is, that's perpetuating the problem. We need to be allies for the women, not because they need it, but we're just going to do this better as a group. And we're going to do it, you know, quicker, quite honestly. Uh, and, and I think we really need to do this because we need the women at the table um, for so many reasons. Diversity wins. And uh, when we can get their voice um, at the table and, and stop shutting them down, uh, I think we're going to be a better society and uh, we're all going to win. Uh, totally proven. I mean, diversity breeds innovation, right? And especially going through, we see so many businesses closing down. We see products failing um, in the last two years because mostly because of COVID and the economy. We need innovation now more than ever, and diversity totally fosters innovation. And I want to back up just one quick second before we move off this topic and say, you know, it's not always men that are not um, treating women well in the workplace. Sometimes it's women not treating Mm, women well in the workplace. And this is also for women in leadership. It is hard when you climb that ladder um, and you feel you need to push other people off of it so that you can get to the top. And that that's for men or women. But I do want to say, you know, there, there are some women leaders out there that need some training on how to bring up uh, other women and other um, um, everybody, like any, any people that are having problems, fi- introverts finding their way into leadership positions. It's up to all of us. So this is really a, a really great, even though it's women in leadership, this is really great for anybody that cares about diversity or wants to learn more about it. That said, we have another really fun and exciting thing happening on the same day, which is one of my favorite topics in the world and kind of fits into leadership. And that is Imposter Syndrome. The title of uh, this workshop is called Imposter Syndrome, Forging Your Personal Unique Value. And let me just start off by saying, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, just think, have, I, have you ever sat around and said, um, am I good enough? Do I belong here? I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. 
this person's better than me. They're all going to find out I don't know what I'm talking about. Why should anyone even listen to me? They're never going to hire me. This group of people doesn't like me. They just do not like me. Any of that self-talk is impo- fits into imposter syndrome. And one of the ways I really truly believe we combat this concept of imposter syndrome is by focusing on our value rather than the negative self-talk. Um, Ron, what's your, uh, you've, I've actually uh, spoken to a group of your classmates about imposter syndrome. We've worked in this realm. I know we both have talked about our own imposter syndrome moments. What stands out for you in the sense of why anybody and everybody should be open to learning more about this topic? Thank you. Well, I think for me personally, and, and let me let me start by saying, we, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's immune to this. I have no. yet. I've, I've known some very successful people, and and they it, when if they're being honest, they'll tell you, I have this too. So don't. Uh, let's just start with that. If you're feeling it, join the club because we're all in this club. Uh, I feel it uh, sometimes more than others, but um, I still feel it. And, and so where does, I mean, for me, this, this has a direct arrow toward fear in my humble opinion. Uh, you know, what are we afraid of? You know, so, so what, what if we are an imposter? What if we don't deserve to be there? So what? So what? We, we go out there and we try and maybe we fall down and you know what, you'll get up the next day and, and unless you're you're in a, you know, a, a profession where you might get killed. No, that's a different thing. But for most of us, this is not going to kill us. And so I think I would start with that is, is just stop thinking. Don't, don't make it into a bigger deal than it is. Um, have I done some things that I probably wasn't prepared for and that I probably was out of place and maybe I was an imposter? Absolutely. But we never know where our limits are until we push out there. You know, I like to use the word frontier. We got to push out there on the frontier and say, okay, where... Where am I? Am I overextended here or not? And But here's the thing. Most of the time, you're not overextended. It, it does happen, but I think most of the time, it's just our mind playing tricks on us to keep us in our safe space, uh, to keep us on the couch, uh, to keep us from doing the things that are really going to fill our lives up. And, and we, we just need to be able to face that fear. And I know that sounds, it is very much not that simple. But I think we need to face that fear and step into the unknown and say, let's do it. Let's engage. Let's, uh, let's mix it up. Let's get out there in the arena and, uh, and, and partake in life. Otherwise, we're just a spectator. I absolutely agree. And I think more than ever, imposter syndrome, I mean, we can tell by the, the uh, people signing up that this is a... This is hugely popular. Hugely this one is popular. A, this is the most popular one we have. Uh, I, I see it working with entrepreneurs. I see it working with students. I see it working with business leaders, right, that are making the big bucks. This effect, I see it with parents. Oh, my gosh. Just because you have children does not mean you think you uh, are going to be great at it. <laughs> I see it with newly married people, right? Think about getting married and all of the, oh, my gosh, did I do the right thing? And are they going to hate me when they get to know me? And do I even know how to be a wife or a husband or whatever? Um, imposter syndrome affects everybody. And COVID <laughs> has taken this incredible, huge spotlight and like shined it down on everybody's imposter syndrome. And I think the reason 
this has happened is we've had to spend a lot of time locked away in self-reflection and highlighting our self-doubt and our self-worth as we sit in our pajamas day after day after day tends to take a hit. So COVID has uh, brought about, um, I think, an elevated need to talk about this and normalize it. Because here's the thing, anybody that says, and there are psychologists out there that say, we should just banish imposter syndrome thoughts. We should banish and crush it. We should dismantle it and, and block it out. And I say, absolutely not. First of all, banishing and blocking and crushing negative thoughts are, will only come back to bite you. We need to accept them. We need to be able to see them, understand them, and then see how they are, are affecting uh, what we're capable of. Once we can see all that, and I like to do it in journaling because then I can visually see it on paper. Uh, some people do it with a coach. Others do it with a therapist. Find your way. Make light of it. And then we're going to teach you in this workshop how to manage it. We're never going to tell you to crush it, banish it, and get rid of it. You're never going to do that. Think of it like the flu. You can't never have the flu again. It's going to come out. It's going to... You're going to get it from time to time. It's once you get it, how do you manage it? How do you make it less painful? How do you get through it quickly, right? And that is imposter syndrome and what we're going to highlight. We're going to normalize it. We're going to shed some light on it, give you some tools so that you can do this on a daily basis so that you can manage it. Because without managing it, we're talking about mental health problems, stress, anxiety, fear, fear of failure, uh, hurt relationships, not getting the job promotion, um, and just lack of fulfillment. And that's I'm so glad. Example. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I, I don't like to use the word control uh, anytime we're talking about any of these powerful emotions. Manage it, regulate it, whatever word you want to use, but but don't say I'm going to control it. And I also want to say we like to look at things like imposter syndrome as oh that's negative. I, I just wish that would go away, and I would never have it have it again. And I would, I would say, let's turn that and say there's some positive aspects to not only imposter syndrome, but other things like anxiety, stress, fear. Though there's a reason why our system has those in the, in the, in the software. Um, they're not all bad. And sometimes it's an it's a indication that we need to pay attention. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of the different kind of coaches that will say sometimes you're not ready. Imposter syndrome can actually be a message to you to say you're not ready. But I think going along with what Tara said, I say shine a light on it. Take a look at this and say, is there any truth to the fact that I'm not ready? Because I would say 90% of the time you are ready. But I do think there's a small subset of, you know what, I need to do some more prep. I need to do some more work before I'm ready for this stage. And, you know, don't ignore that message. Uh, I think we just need to look at it objectively and say um, where I am. Now, you could also say, hey, what about that 10% of the time? I'm really not ready, Ron, but I do it anyway. Hey, I'm here to say that's usually not a bad thing either. You, it may be painful. You may fail miserably, and it may be embarrassing, but you're going to learn a lot from that. So I don't know. Maybe you say I'm not ready. Maybe you say, screw it. I'm going to go out there anyway, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna give to give it a shot. So I think all of those are, are probably good approaches. What I, I think is the bad thing is don't let it debilitate you. Don't let it stop you in your tracks. That's the worst possible um, option is to let it 
you know, keep you on the couch and, and not engaging in life and living, quite honestly, I know it's cliche, but living your best life. We've got to get past imposter syndrome to, to live our best life. Right. A lot of self-sabotaging. If you've heard that, um, you know, or thought that you might self-sabotage, a lot of this comes from imposter syndrome, which is all linked, like Ron said, it's linked to fear. And the biggest one is fear of failure. And so we'd love for you to join us. This is on October 5th. We'll, we'll put that link in the show notes at denverstartupweek.org. You can find it on October 5th. It's called Imposter Syndrome, Forging Your Personal Unique Value. And I will say, if you're saying, oh, I don't really suffer from this, um, that's great, right? Most people do. If you liars. don't, a lot, total liars. <laughs> um, if you don't, I mean, I just literally had a full day about four days ago of imposter syndrome myself. And I don't feel that I suffer from it that much, but I had a whole day worth of it. So if, it, if it's not really huge in your life, I tell you to think about it because of the people underneath you or that are linear in your, in your field of view that you can help, i.e. your kids. If you have high school or college students, they're living in this world of imposter syndrome. Learn for them and help them. Your spouse may be going through it right now. Your coworkers, your subordinates, these are all, especially with the work from home, um, disengagement of employees right now, a lot of imposter syndrome is, is found its way into people's daily lives. So if you just want to learn about it to help others, that's awesome too. Great insight. Yeah. Great insight that, you know, look outside yourself. Maybe it's not you that struggles with it, but you can help others. Love that. And I would say I'm not, it's not fear of failure, Tara. It's fear of looking like an idiot. That's, that's, that's mine. See, I, I actually kind of like that. Uh, sometimes you like looking like an idiot. Yeah. It's, it's something weird in my personality. I like to be the odd person out. And so I don't Uh, mind looking like an idiot. Right. I just don't like feeling like I don't belong. If I, and I have, I have suffered that many times throughout my life, especially in high school where it's like, I don't belong here. Um, I don't fit in. Right. I think we can all, and we've been somewhere in our lives, whether it's a business networking conference or, college or a job and we say i don't fit in here that is a typical imposter syndrome cycle mindset so yeah yeah and that's you know where does where does that come from and and by by the way we're we're trying to we're trying to wet your whistle we want we're not giving away a lot of good tricks right now you're gonna have to listen to go to denver startup week sign up and by the way i think if you sign up and i don't know if you know this tara but i think you You will be our gift card I don't think that's the case, okay. but um, <laughs> I think that you can watch it on video after the fact if you can't yeah. do it live. Absolutely. And so just sign up. And if you can't make it live, maybe uh, you could watch the video at another time. And these are all free events. Um, we are actually making our college students go to these events. Uh, I'm making my friends <laughs> and ethical? family go to these events. Well, you because it's watch. just these are powerful messages. And like you said, um, imposter syndrome, I've watched it with entrepreneurs. It can be debilitating. Um, I know it's really, really affecting a lot of college students, um, that I'm, that I interact with. It can't, I, I mean, I just had a day of it. It didn't debilitate me because I have the tools to manage it. But what about the people that don't have tools? Like years ago, I didn't have the tools. It's debilitating. And, leads to the number one thing that everybody is feeling in these past, I don't, 
maybe years, but definitely in the last six to 12 months, and that is burnout. If you're suffering imposter syndrome with no tools to manage it, it is adding to stress, anxiety, fear, and burnout, which is our third uh, workshop that we will be presenting at Denver Startup Week next week. Yeah, you know, we're not going to go too far into that because we, gosh, we talked uh, probably ad, ad nauseum about this on episode 31. We we did a whole podcast talking about this topic, and so we won't hit you with that too much again. But if you didn't hear that podcast, I mean, what is what is burnout? Burnout is a, a sense of overwhelm, you know, and a lot of times driven by chronic stressors. Um, if you're under a stress load for an extended period of time, and then quite honestly, it's the definition of chronic stress. And you feel like you don't have the capability to, to manage that stress. You're going to feel overwhelmed. And this is a real thing. I've had uh, one person tell me, oh, that's all in your head. That's just imagination. Now, I know some people are really good about not getting burned out. And I do think part of that is mindset. Um, they just don't feel like they get overwhelmed by very much. Now, we could go into a whole discussion about how do they get there. Well, I think that's from mental toughness. I think you can develop some mental toughness to get to to maybe um, not get burned out as, as often. Um, and by the way, I, again, I know friends like this that they just don't seem to get burned out like a lot of the rest of us. So maybe you, you can work on it from that standpoint. But And that is part of what our talk will be about is how can we use that tool, uh, mental toughness, to actually get better with burnout. But... I say all that to say this. Don't don't feel bad. I've suffered burnout. I know Tara has. We've all been there. Even when we have the right tools, it still sneaks up on us sometimes. And uh, I think it's sometimes it's hard to get out of that hole. But um, you can do it. And again, this this talk will give you some tools to not only manage it when you get into it, but also maybe head it off at the pass before it comes on. Burnout, I remember uh, around this time last year, was absolutely um, like 8,000 pounds on my back. And I think what actually got me out of it was a couple of back-to-back really good podcast guests. Um, uh, definitely um, talking about time off and managing your, your self-care routines. I think that is what pulled me out of it. And so... We all will get into it from time to time, and many of us are living it daily. And then we reinforce that narrative in our brain of, I'm so burned out, I can't take any more. And that, that is just such an unnecessary state of mind. But we all succumb to it. And how do we get out of it? It's not like only some of you or some of us get to feel the relief. It's not like only the people that don't work that much get to feel the relief. Everyone can feel the relief, but I will tell you firsthand, (laughs) we don't know what we don't know. And if we don't know and we don't have the tools to pull out of these cycles that we get into, we stay stuck in them. And then we build the narrative that reinforces them. And then we feel like it's a no-win situation. And so when it comes to imposter syndrome, burnout, or even women rising in leadership, right? These three topics. We don't know what we don't know. So I encourage you, if you don't go to any of these talks, get, Google them, read a couple of articles, go, go get a book. There's books on all three of them. Just learn a little bit, like I learned a little bit from a few podcasts last year to 
change your narrative on any of these, it can change your entire existence. Yes. Uh, negative downward spiral. Uh, Tara's kind of talking about this idea of we can we can get anxiety about anxiety about anxiety, mm. right? And we just go down in this this so hole. So miserable too. <laughs> and that's not healthy for any of us. And and I like what was it? What how much was on your back? Eight thousand pounds? Is that what yeah, you said? Oh my gosh! When you feel burnout and you feel no, you don't know how. You, you think there's no way out of it. There's just no way out of it. I've got too much. I'm too overwhelmed. I've I I'm too unfocused. I can't prioritize. I have too many email. I can't, there's not enough hours in the day. When you get into that rut, it feels like you're just going to be stuck there until something magical happens. And that's really not how it works. That's what we think. Oh, if I quit my job, I won't feel this way. If I, if I can eliminate one of my 11 children, I won't feel this way. Right. If I could just earn more money, I won't feel. What does that way. mean? Sell them in Mexico? I mean, what do you mean? Eliminate? <laughs> no, they they go off to college. And I don't to oh, that, right? oh, I see. That, that's totally what I meant. Um, <laughs> well, I've been using this analogy with my coaching clients, and I think they get a kick out of it. Is what are you carrying in your backpack? And you know, you keep just you just keep throwing things in your backpack. Uh, sooner or later, you're gonna have eight thousand pounds, as Tara says, yeah. and so. You know, whether that's shipping off one of your kids to Mexico or (laughs) whatever it is that you need to do, I think you need to be very cognizant of what am I carrying around in my backpack right now? Is there anything I can offload? Am I unnecessarily carrying some some stuff in my backpack? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important. I mean, if we want to get away from chronic stress, we need to release the pressure valve. And, you know, we are designed, you've heard me say this on other podcasts, we are designed as human beings for transient, moderate stress. And so that is a cycle between rest and recovery or rest, I mean, uh, stress and recovery. And if we can get that recovery or that rest, then we can go back to battle again. But you got to have that time where you get some, some time off from the stress cycle. If it's chronic, you're in deep trouble. Um, you cannot go on forever under chronic stress because sooner or later the body will start breaking down. You will have health problems. Uh, you will have mental health problems and physical health problems. So release the pressure valve. As Tara was saying, she learned that from some of the guests, and, and as have I. Uh, I am still, I always say, I'm still a student. Uh, I have a few tools in my toolbox from all the work that I do, but I'm still learning. And uh, not every day is a good day. Sometimes I struggle even with the stuff that I have. So keep up the good work with that. Um, I, I, I think, you know, Tara, is there anything else we want to, we want to talk about today? I think we had time to wrap it up, huh? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, we'll throw all this stuff is in the show notes. So easy links to learn more, sign up for stuff and hit us up on social. Let us know what you're thinking. What do you want? What do you want to learn? What do you have to add that you've learned to some of these topics? Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. And once again, denverstartupweek.org. denverstartupweek.org. You can find all of those um, presentations that we're going to do. Now, we're excited. Uh, we got a little work to do to get ready, but uh, we're excited for it. So, Thanks for following along, and hopefully uh, you found some value today, and uh, we'll see you in the, in the seminars. Peace out. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell all your friends. If you didn't, let's just forget this happened, and we'll try again next week. Until then, join the revolution to forge metal and connect with us on social media.